Last night, the Northfield City Council met, and that means this morning we have uh, Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and also City Administrator Ben Martin joining us. Good, Good morning. morning. How are you doing today? Great. Good. Thank you so much for uh, <laughs> coming in today, as you always do on Wednesday after the council meeting. Uh, just one more council meeting left, and the possibility of a second one, is that where we're at? No. Is it just yes. one? <laughs> yes, we have one more official city council meeting December mm-hmm. 7th where we will hopefully finish up really the major business of the year. Possibly uh, might be another one, but that's still to be determined mm-hmm. yet. Well, let's hope not. Yeah. Not that I don't like you guys gathering together. You're so much fun <laughs> having you in here. So much fun. But let's talk about last night's uh, council uh uh, meeting. Uh, first of all, you got a uh, a presentation, uh, budget presentation from the uh, CVB, the Convention and Visitors Bureau. What'd you learn on that? Yeah, so it was really great to have uh, Lisa Peterson in there. Uh, she's the president of the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, the city contracts with the chamber to do really carry out our tourism work and um, to utilize the three percent lodging tax that. Uh, we basically tax everyone that uh, has a room at one of our hotels. There are 259 rooms uh, within the city of Northfield that people can stay in when they come to visit our community. 3% of the lodging tax is collected from uh, those proceeds from, uh, I want to say renting. Gosh, that is just not yeah. the right word. Um yeah, but renting in, a hotel room. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> right. You know, did they, um, I'm sure 2020 was greatly affected, yes. uh, travel was greatly affected, and that mm-hmm. means less tax dollars mm-hmm. in there. Uh, 2021 was a little bit better? Yes, yeah, so Lisa was showing us some uh, different comparisons over the past years, which is actually really helpful for both us, as I'm sure it is them. I think it in one of the previous years before we went into the lockdown, I think they collected somewhere in the range of 150000 in terms of the, the lodging tax, which then they can utilize to really market our community as a tourism destination. Now, during the lockdown, I think it was almost cut in half. It was maybe in the 70000 range uh, for 2020, and I think they're anticipating or they put together a budget uh, that was at or around that amount for 2022, just really budgeting conservatively. But she did share that in the past three months or something like that, that things have been starting to pick back up again and people are coming, they're visiting our community and anybody that's, you can start to see more of that sort of normal activity, people getting out and wanting to go spend um a day or a weekend with their family, and Northfield is a fantastic destination. We have a great story to tell uh, for that, and Lisa with uh, CVB is really doing that on our behalf as a city, making sure that when people are considering where they would like to go, that they're choosing Northfield. I think we've seen that. Tourism has, uh, certainly in the last 20 years, the 21st century, it has... uh, Kind of exploded. There used to there used to not be much going on on most of the weekends in the, the summer or winter, but uh, now there are. We got a lot of things happening for us. Uh, let's move on. Do we go into the? Uh, let's go into I guess the regular agenda now. Um, the kind of the talker last night was uh, about 
quasi-judicial decisions and ex parte communication legal considerations and related policy options. Boy, that's clear as mud. What does that mean? I don't know. What does it mean, Jim? <laughs> I didn't sit through the meeting last night. Should we give Chris Hood a call? <laughs> yeah. I think it was, this was really a uh, first opportunity that the council has had to have really some back and forth on a memo that our city attorney prepared for us. And it really affects three, it not only affects the council, but it affects two of our boards and commissions as well. The HPC and our Heritage Preservation Commission, don't use acronyms, right? Heritage Preservation Commission and our Planning Commission. And our Planning Commission probably even more so on a regular basis than the City Council or the Heritage Preservation Commission. And really just giving some guidance or things to consider or where some... Um, concerns might arise that people that are serving in those capacities on those three, Council Planning Commission or Heritage Preservation Commission, when we are considering things that are more quasi-judicial, and um, that would be a con- conditional use permit, preliminary plat, or certificate of appropriateness for the HPC. Um, when we are considering some of those items that are more around that nature, we really need to be careful that we are um, following some of the guidelines that have been out there in state statute, as well as through uh, different, um, I don't know, um, lawsuits or complaints that have been filed in other cities where people have gotten into trouble because they cross the line into advocacy as a board member or a council member or trying to overly influence folks or receiving information that would actually be put them in a position where they would could potentially become biased. And uh, really the quasi-judicial memo was to give some guidance, uh, things for us to consider. And last night, I think it was just really helpful. There, um, It's not clear all the time. There's a, a level of subjectivity. But Chris Hood, our city attorney, really tried to um, be present, right? Give us some background information, allow some question and answer. And I think there'll be more coming on that in the future as well. All right. Um, Ben, I'll ask you this one. (laughs) I'm going to throw this one out there at you. What in the world does ex parte mean? Is that Greek? Latin? Actually, You're the smartest a, guy in the room here, Ben. Right, it's a, word that's, uh, <laughs> it's a word that's derived, derived from. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good one for yeah. the, uh, uh, for the um, what is it, the knowledge bee people that, mm-hmm. that okay. do that probably. <laughs> okay. We didn't get into that, but generally I think is the, the ex parte communications mainly means when there's contacts, whether it's written or spoken. Mm-hmm. which occur outside of the meeting or the process is seeking to influence the decision-making body or individual members regarding a decision before that bar- body. So <clears throat> the problem with it, it could give the appearance real or imagined that the decision might be one-sided or biased um, and impact the due process. That's this, this process is for the council in particular is very different from much most of what they do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an applicant applying for something. You have to apply legal standards and, and according to our code to that. So they're acting a little bit more like a judge and really try to need to be unbiased and, and you know, uninfluenced by outside forces with that. And like the mayor said, 
we got into a lot of discussion last night. There were you know, examples given to the attorney, and he's like, no, that one's probably good. You know, you're, you're good there. Ultimately, it really is up to the individual to make those mm-hmm. individual decisions on it, even though there could be some liability ultimately if there are some issues with it. But um, so as an example, um, not all not all communications are ex parte. Encouraging to attend meetings, communications between staff and agencies. Staff really aren't decision-making uh, individuals, so there's no issues there. Um, there can be, though, cases where Minneapolis was an example where there, like a council person had taken an actual position before the application had even been filed, or others where they had tried to convince other members of the body to take action of some kind on the decision, trying to influence that. Those are clearly an issue so um anyway that's kind of a little bit more of kind of what that means to be ex parte it just means like you're you're in communications with with people who are trying to influence now this uh you know i i really hadn't heard of uh the term quasi-judicial up until pardon me just uh this this autumn this fall uh and now we have uh some questions about the quasi-judicial thing so this would lead me to believe that there has been an incident uh potentially of uh of this happening within uh, the city is there has there been something going on here has somebody been talking outside of school <laughs> i think this is just more of an educational piece the, the some of the questions have come up and some guidance given so then of course i go well this is a legal issue i need our attorney to give an opinion and we get a five-page legal memo kind of explaining it because it's not a simple issue we don't have a policy on it currently so that's part of it too is just educating so there's no there's not been any concern that something's been violated directly i think uh, you know on some of the recent cases like craywood there was definitely a lot of interest and engagement and that probably led to trying to educate to like okay wait a minute there's a little bit of boundaries here on how much you can you know, what types of things you can be involved in related to communications outside of the actual council room where there's decisions being made. Um, planning commission deals with this a lot more, but it's, it's a, we probably haven't, we don't have a policy. There's not much reference even in our code to it. There's a little bit, the planning commission has some uh, limited language related to uh, policy in their bylaws, but it is not a unique thing. Um, it, you know, it's one of those that we we definitely need to probably look at training uh, long term and uh, and also the council I think had some interest to be exploring um, a policy development related to this issue as well. Yeah, I was going to say, do we need to have more language uh, in uh, some of our rules of conduct and operation within the the uh, committees and commissions and mm-hmm. such? Yeah, Jeff, and uh, honestly, I mean, am I, you mentioned that you know haven't really heard much about it. Well. The, if I go back to my 12 years on the council, well, there hasn't been a whole lot of development in the city either or a lot of reason why this might have come up, but we're starting to see more of that. And you're starting to see city administrators who've been here longer, staff been here. Well, we've had a lot of longevity in our regular staff, but on the council as well. And so we're finding some instances uh right where we really need to improve and uh training on our boards and commissions is something that we have not done on a regular basis and and again just uh, getting some clarity around processes uh policies so that we're all on the same page all of the boards and commissions staff council so that we can really do a better job for our community and this is certainly one of them all right. Mayor Poundell is with us, along with City Administrator Martin. Uh, the final item on the agenda, uh, regular agenda, was the uh, review of the uh, 
draft budget information for uh, next year, 2022 and 23, and also grants review. Uh, what did that entail? We had just a little bit of carryover from the last meeting related to capital improvement planning around uh, parks uh, discussion. And so we did a little shifting based on the council's interest to look at improving a couple of bathrooms, um, particularly at Lions Riverside Park, uh, Babcock Park softball uh, field, and then potentially Seckler Park. And so our engineer took a look at that issue with his staff and came back with a recommendation that they really do a design work for that uh, for the remodeling kind of prepare the plans and specifications with a intention to bid uh, in uh, 2020 uh, for 2023 construction there's maybe a chance that one of those could maybe slide up sooner Um, we're also looking at some community development block grant funds potentially that you can't carry over from your or you can't uh, spend in advance so that'd give a couple years for some dollars to spend up that really comes from the federal government through the state down to us Um, so that was the main discussion. The council felt that that was um, what they had discussed and were comfortable. Probably the other thing, just gearing up, we didn't really get into a discussion last night, but our property tax notices uh, went out to the public, probably are in the mail here soon. And so that they'll get notice of the hearing that's coming up at that last meeting in December uh, related to that. Um, so I guess... Uh, Stay tuned to that. We do have information on our website. Um, if there are questions, sometimes the historically a lot of the questions that we had got are revolve around valuation. If there are any questions on valuation, those really go to the county assessors department. Uh, the Rice County and Dakota County handle that, uh, depending on where you live. So if there are questions on that issue, that there's separate hearing dates for that. But certainly. Um, the the city, the county, and the school district will be holding hearings relating to the proposed property tax. Um, uh, uh, statements that, that went out in the mail as well. Um, so we didn't really get into that last night, but just an awareness uh, on that issue. Yeah, and for our listeners out there, just a word of advice. Uh, take a look at the, that tax, uh, the whole tax statement you have. As you'd mentioned, there's three, uh, at least three different uh, groups uh, within, uh, you know, for residential, uh, four for uh, business. But uh, go to the right hearing. <laughs> go talk to the uh, people who uh, you, you're concerned about. You know, as you have mentioned, go to the assessor if you've got concerns about that. If it's the county, go to the county. It's not all, I think a lot of people just kind of lump the city in was that's where my taxes are because this mm-hmm. is where I live. But uh, you actually live in several different districts yes. as well. Uh, so, uh, on that yeah. note too, Jeff, it hasn't happened to me a lot lately, but it has happened before where people show up at the wrong one and it's really frustrating to them because yeah. people are busy. If you look on the itemized statement, if you follow the rows across, the city has their own tax hearing. So if you look at the city's portion of your taxes and have questions or want to come to that hearing, that's where you come to the city council chambers at that first meeting in December, like you said. So it's it's pretty easy to follow, but you got to pay cl- a little close attention to it because they're not all the same, mm-hmm. day, like you said. Lastly, let's take a preview for uh, December the 7th, your final meeting of the uh, year. At that time, you'll... Uh, uh, in theory, I guess at this point, uh, approve uh, both a tax levy and uh, the 2020 budget. Between now and then, what's uh, what's going to be going on? Is there a lot of uh, little details to work on? Is it pretty well set? Uh, specifically around the budget and levy, I guess. Um, 
preparing the information and background related to it probably is most of it. Um, ultimately, they're, the council, as, as we've talked about before, those stat tax statements were based on an initial increase, you know, maximum of 15% increase is what the, the city's portion was planned to go up for the taxes. The council's given direction that they've lowered that down by about 3.4% as, as uh, its direction for the hearing. So it's about 11% increase, um, a little more than that. However, they can they can go anywhere um, as long as they're lower than that preliminary maximum. They can go lower than that. I don't anticipate the council will be going higher. There could be some adjustments um, from them as well, though, uh, in the final amount. But ultimately, it's just kind of preparing the public information and um, kind of like you said, fine tuning things just to make it clear and and uh, for the for the public to digest uh, in the information. All right. Anything else you'd like to mention? That's it. All right. Thank you so much for coming in today. Much appreciated. And we'll talk to you again on December the 8th and uh, probably sometime before that, I would yes. imagine. All yeah. right. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Ponell and City Administrator Ben Martig. We've got Rich standing by local news in just a couple of minutes. Tim McNiff, news on the side of sports, just a few. m is next.